Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Janice. My prayer and hope for all of you is that you are staying encouraged during this season, that you are staying encouraged in the Lord, you are staying encouraged in your faith and just staying close to him, close to his heart and pressing in during this season. I don't know about you guys, but for me, this has been a crazy year, crazy season, specifically even just the last few weeks, like I don't know if I have felt this exhausted in a long time. And sometimes I like hesitate to even say that because I'm single. I don't have kids. And I like think, I don't know how some of my friends do it, but it has just been a crazy few weeks. So I am teaching a first grade class right now. A lot of you already know that, but this past week we transitioned back to all virtual learning So it's been a big adjustment as far as academic side of it, but also for me emotionally, I don't think I really realized how much that would like affect me emotionally. And so I find myself like just sad, sad that I'm not with the kids every day like I'm used to and not seeing them face to face. But I am so thankful for Google Meets and just being able to stay in contact with them through their parents, through social media and our text message apps and all of that. So I'm thankful I'm able to stay connected in those ways, but it's just not the same as being with them in person. So it's been a little bit of a an emotional time for me just because of that. But um, so I've been very, very like intentional with like, I have got to make sure that I'm staying encouraged in the Lord and that I'm surrounded with people who are speaking life into me and just um, staying encouraged. Like it's so important that we are encouraging one another. And I was just reading a scripture earlier that talks about, um, encouraging one another, building one another up, stirring each other up. And I love it. I love that the word of God does that. It's just refreshing. And I love in the book of Acts where it says that times of refreshing come in God's presence. And so during this time, it's been such an intentional season for me to just continue pressing in even when I'm tired and even when I'm just weary and and um, whatever, you know, feeling heavy hearted or whatever to just continue pressing in to not let my feelings or emotions dictate my decisions. And I'll just I wasn't planning on sharing this I actually have some scripture I want to dive into here in a second. But just last Friday night, one of my awesome friends, Ashley. If you guys don't know her, her name's Ashley Kane. She has a ministry called Righteously Rooted. You can find it on Facebook. I had to think for a second. She has a podcast and um, a Facebook page and everything and such an awesome ministry. And this woman, I'm telling you, she is like fiery for Jesus, just loves people in such a genuine way. And just met her, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago or so so thankful, so, so thankful God put her in my path. And last Friday night, she hosted a prayer night and it was like a 10 o'clock at night, Friday night prayer night, which I was like, yes, like I love when people do ministry and they do things that are just outside of the box. 
I'm actually literally looking at a sign right now in front of me <laughs> on my desk. It says, think outside the box. I wanted a stirred up event that someone hosted. Anyway, that's funny. So anyway, I love like these things that people are, God's giving people like such awesome ideas and and things to do ministry-wise that are just outside the box and outside of the norm and outside of your normal um, normal things that you would expect. So she hosted a Friday night prayer night, and it was at 10 o'clock at night, like I said. And by the time Friday got here last week, because last week was when we transitioned to virtual, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I just want to collapse. Like mentally, I was done. And I had already committed to going and already had um, already had committed to driving with a friend. And so I made myself go regardless of, despite how I felt and which was not like going, felt like just going to bed. And oh my gosh, I am so, so thankful that I pushed past how I felt and what my flesh wanted and just went. It was such an amazing night. I'm telling you guys, I did not get home until I didn't when I looked at my clock, when I laid my head down on my pillow and I looked at my clock to see what time it was, it was 4.30. 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, I should just stay awake and watch the sunrise, but I have got to go to sleep. I have plans on Saturday, but thankfully they weren't until later in the day. But, um, and I probably could have went to bed a little earlier, but I could not come home and not brush and floss my teeth and all that good stuff and get my makeup off my face and all of that. So, I'm really weird about stuff like that. And I cannot go to bed without brushing my teeth. I think it's gross. So that was a total rabbit trail. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. So I just want to encourage you that even if this season is a hard season for you, whether it's a hard season or not, sometimes people struggle more with staying plugged in with the Lord when it's an easy season. And we're like, I got this. Um, things are going good. Don't really need the Lord right now. And we just truck along without him. But then you know, for some of us, it's easier to pull away when it's a harder season. I think we're all different and it probably varies season to season. But for me, it would have just been easy to stay home, but I would have missed out on such incredible blessings. I think there was like 20 ladies there maybe. And oh my gosh, there was laughter. There was just such good conversation, powerful prayer time, like amazing, anointed, fiery prayer time. I got to meet some new people, hear some people's stories. Like, And as an extrovert with a capital E, I thrive in moments like that. And so it's really a wonder that I was able to fall asleep at 4.30 in the morning because usually after things like that, I am wired up and wide awake. But thank God I was able to fall asleep. So um, yeah, so just continue to, that's my whole intro encouragement to you is just to stay encouraged. And even if this season is hard or you're feeling weary to continue pressing in, continue doing Bible studies, continue fellowshipping with other believers, because we need that. Whether we're in a dry season or we're in a season where it feels like there's a lot of abundance and, and things are going good um, to continue to do that. So the scripture that I want to look at specifically today that has just kind of been rocking me today is 2 Corinthians 1. And I'm going to start in verse three, and then I'm going to go until I stop. I'm not sure where I'm going to stop. So it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So that's through verse four. I love that. And I want to read it in the Passion Translation too, just because I love the Passion Translation. So this says, 
All praises belong to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. I love that, endless comfort. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. I love that so much. And that verse really just ministers so deeply to me because it specifically reminds me of a season I went through a few years ago as I was going through my divorce and going through a lot of heartache. And I remember one specific night crying myself to sleep. I was just so heartbroken, as you could imagine, with going through something like that. And, um, you know, those nights where you fall asleep and you wake up and your pillow's so wet, you have to flip it over and um, turn it over to the dry side. And I remember when I went to bed that night, I was like, God, I know you're not going to waste this. I know that you were going to use me to minister to other women specifically. I just knew that God was calling me to that. And I know that everything I'm going through, you're going to be able to use me to relate to other women who are broken and who are hurting. And I yield myself to that. Like I, I remember that like total surrender of my story and like, God, you can use me however you want. I want to minister to your daughters. I want to minister to women in the body of Christ or women who aren't even believers. I just want to be able to use my story to point people to him, the God who heals, the God who loves, the God who comforts. And I remember when I prayed that in the back of my mind, I thought, after I get healed, like after I journey through this, after my divorce is final, after I reach a certain point, I don't know what that is. Like at what point we think we're quote unquote qualified to be used by God. Like when we reach this certain point in our walk where it's like, okay, well now I've come far enough along that I'm, that I'm able for God to use me. So in my mind, I prayed that with total surrender, but I also thought like it would be way down the road. And I remember waking up that next morning. Now, mind you, at that point, I hadn't been ministering to anyone um, as far as that goes. I, I do believe that the whole process and the journey of it was ministering to people because people saw my faith in the Lord and how I was just clinging to him with everything I had during that season. And I know that that impacted people. But as far as like pouring into someone like one on one or ministering directly to someone, that wasn't happening at all. And I woke up the next morning to a text message from someone who I hadn't heard from in, I don't even know, forever. And they reached out to me and they were just asking for advice and prayer and all of that. And I just, that in that moment, it was like, God was saying, I'm not waiting for you to reach a certain point or for you to be a certain level of qualified before I'm going to use you. And God was so near and dear to me during that season. Like even right now, I'm sitting on my front porch, which is one of my favorite rooms in the whole house. I have my computer out here and it's just so cutely decorated. And this is where I actually wrote my book that's coming out and, and all of that. This is literally one of my favorite places in, in the house. And I can tell you that when I went through that season of my life, I spent a lot of time on this floor crying out to the Lord, just soaking in worship music and, and just letting him heal my heart, letting him be my comfort, let him, letting him be my strength. And, and um, the scripture that says he's near to the brokenhearted and he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Like he was doing that so deeply in me during that season. So it's kind of fun to sit here on the other side of healing and and being in a, a place of victory and all of that um, and being able to even talk to you and share all of this. But I remember like in that moment when I got that message from that woman thinking, like God was just showing me, I'm not waiting for you to reach a certain place. Like you are already qualified 
because I belonged to him. I already knew where my source of strength came from, and it wasn't even about what I could offer this woman and the countless women who God has put in my path since then. I'm telling you, like, after that point, when I had that full surrender of, like, God, use my story, God didn't wait for me to be able to be impacting people. And yes, I still had a lot of healing to do. And yes, I still had a lot of breakthrough that needed to happen and a lot of enemy lies that had just tainted my mind that I had to be set free from and strongholds that had to be pulled down. And God lovingly walked me through that over the last, however long it's been, almost five years, lovingly walked me through that. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for him. But he didn't wait until now for me to be used because people needed to be impacted right where I was at. And I just think it's such a beautiful thing. And I love that in that verse, it says that he always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering. So it says he always comes alongside us. There's never a moment that you could be going through any sort of suffering, any sort of trial, any sort of tribulation that he will not come alongside you to comfort you. And then it says, so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. And so I love that because I think, I think I've had moments where I've thought like, oh, I can't, I can't minister to certain people as effectively because I haven't necessarily gone through exactly what they have. But even in the last couple of years, God has really been showing me that even if like my story, I've gone through a divorce and I've had other things happen in my life, even people who have gone through similar things, who have gone through divorce, who have gone through their husband cheating on them, they... I still don't know exactly how they feel because we're all wired so differently and our life experiences are different. And even the situations that we've walked through pertaining to the divorce are different. And so I am one that I try to never say, I know exactly how you feel because the reality is I don't know exactly how anyone feels. I only know how I feel about a situation. So I can say, come along aside people, And comfort them and say, this is my story and this is how it made me feel. And I could imagine how you feel right now. And and God can give us sympathy and empathy for people. But the reality is we don't ever know exactly what anyone has gone through because we just don't. And so I love that it says that we can comfort people in any trial that they go through. And for me, that really was an enemy lie that I could only minister to people who are going through something that I myself have gone through. Like, no, yes, it's powerful when I can say to someone, hey, I've gone through something similar. But even if I'm ministering or talking to someone who is going through something that I in a million years will never go through, I can still take that same comfort that God gave me and use that to minister to them, whether I ever go through what they've gone through or not, because The reality is all that we're doing is pointing them to Christ. All that we're doing is pointing them to him, Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals. And I love that name of God. And you guys may know that, but there are so many different names in the Bible that um, are are names of God. God has a lot of different names in the Bible. And that's one of my favorites, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, the Lord who heals. And I still have that hanging on my refrigerator because I discovered that name of God during my season of healing. Um, I don't even remember how I discovered that, but I did. And I remember writing it out and putting it on my refrigerator and just continually speaking life over myself that my heart will heal, that I will be whole again, that God is healing me. And praise God, he 
did, and he is such a God of restoration. And I love, love, love the biblical definition of restoration, that he doesn't just take something and put it back to the way it was. He takes it, takes something and puts it back to the way that it was always intended to be, whether it ever was in that state before or not. And so for me, my heart, as I was praying for restoration in my heart, because it was so broken and so hurt, like, I don't know, there is such truth to the word, like the word heartbreak and just feeling like pain to like the point of your like fingertips and like pain in your soul that like I can't even describe it and I pray I never have to feel that again but it, I mean just to the depths of who you are this aching inside your soul um, as you're going through something that's so hurtful and so devastating and finally getting to the point where it's like my thoughts aren't consuming my pain anymore and I remember like getting to that point where it's like oh my gosh I can actually like have conversations with people again without constantly thinking of my pain and constantly thinking of what I've suffered and what I've gone through and the abuse and the and the heartbreak and it's it's literally a testimony of the goodness of God because he's the only one who could do that. I know a lot of people who have walked through a lot of really hard things in their life and still struggle and they're still like it's constantly like their conversation and there's like a chip on their shoulder or they're bitter because those bits, that bitterness has taken root in their heart and it affects every other part of your life. The book of Proverbs says, above all else, to guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. And that was my biggest prayer. One of my biggest prayers during that season was, God, I do not want bitterness. I do not want unforgiveness. And so I constantly was like yielding myself to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. And I had a lot of opportunities Trust me, through my through the process of my divorce and the separation and having my ex say and do certain things, and I had a choice on how I responded. And looking back, I'm proud of myself because when you're in a place of hurt, not that it gives you an excuse, but it's a lot easier to act out in the flesh. And every time I always I was like presented with a choice. And I always chose to like walk out in love, to walk out in the spirit, even when even when it was so difficult and I have like a million different stories running through my mind right now. I'll share one of them one time. Um, so we separated like at the beginning of the year. So it was just after the new year and summertime came around and my church softball league picked up and I was excited to play. It was felt kind of weird, honestly, not to be playing with him anymore, but I was like, I'm going to play anyway because I love softball. And it, honestly, I don't really love softball. I love socializing. <laughs> I love the social aspects of softball. So I decided I'm going to do it even though it feels weird and realized that I didn't have my mitt. I could not find my mitt anywhere. And then it dawned on me that it, I left it in his trunk like the year before and he never cleaned his trunk out. So, I mean, this was like my Louisville Slugger mitt that I had had since middle school. It's just a super special mitt to me. And, um... I had used it when my uncle coached my softball team. And so just a lot of sentimental um, attachment to that mitt. And I remember texting him and saying, hey, my mitt is in your trunk. Is there any way you could drop it off or I could pick it up? And he was like, absolutely not. And said some other things I won't share. But anyway, it was devastating to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like why, why is he doing this? I'm not the one that, you know, chose to walk through this. Um, never in my life did I think I would be going through a divorce. So 
anyway, it was just like salt on a wound, really. And so I didn't get my mitt back. And thank God, I actually had a friend at church corner me and he was like, why aren't you playing softball? And I was like, honestly, it's because I don't have a mitt and I don't want to buy a new one. I'm just, I'm not going to play this year. And he was like, no, we have an extra mitt. You're going to play. And I was so thankful for that and him reaching out and even just caring about me being included. And it was a fun year. But all of that to say, it was like within a week, I came across this big shoebox full of his pictures that he um, didn't take. And a lot of um, vacation memories with his grandparents and things like that. And I remember being like, my first response was, I'll just throw it in the trash. He's not even, even going to know that he forgot it. And he doesn't deserve it. He wouldn't give me my softball mitt back. So, um, yeah. So I had a choice. I had a choice on what to do. And I knew in my spirit, man, like, I am not going to respond in the flesh. Even though by worldly standards, I was justified. I could have whatever. I knew, like, the Christ in me would not respond in that way. And and so I contacted his aunt because I was like, I'm done. Uh, at that point, I was done communicating with him because it was always toxic. And I just asked her if I could, she would be like a middleman and I could just drop it off to her. And trust me, I looked real cute when I showed up and dropped all of that stuff off to her. And she was like, you look so good. And I'm like, I do. I do. And she was like, you look really happy. And I'm like, I am. <laughs> So anyway, I don't know, but it was just like, you know what? I don't have to carry the burden of my decisions, my poor decisions or whatever. Like I can look back at that and just be proud of myself because I was in a really bad place. Like, I don't know. People make comments all the time about like how happy and joyful I am. And I always say uh, the scripture that says those who look to him are radiant with joy and their faces will never be ashamed. That is like one of my favorite verses. I've had so many people Lately, like I'm talking the last month, say, you radiate, you radiate. And that's my favorite verse. Those who look to him are radiant with joy and their faces will never be ashamed. But I can look back and and just know, like, I'd be proud of myself. I know that God was proud of me. And um, I don't have regrets. I don't have regrets over stupid behavior or ways that I responded that I wish I would have acted differently. Like, I'm, I'm pleased with how I responded. And... I don't know, like God has so restored joy to me in a way that I never felt it before. Like even before any of the cheating and any of the heartache and all of that, like that is biblical restoration. Like my life now is, I it, it's incredible. And like I shared at the beginning, I'm going through a, a little bit of a eh season right now. Just the past few weeks have been just exhausting. But at the same time, this is like the best season of my life. I'm doing a job right now that I love with everything inside of me. I have a ministry that I absolutely love and I'm so thankful to be a part of. I have the best friendships I've ever had in my life and just so many cool things God is doing in my life. I'm getting ready to release my first book. Like what? Like, oh my gosh, this is a dream of mine that I've had since I was like seven years old. And that's probably only because that's as early as I can remember. Probably that's because I want, when I started reading, I don't know. But I remember being like as young as like young elementary school thinking I want to write books. And now that's actually happening. And God is just so good. He has restored my life in so many ways. And I know that there are still other areas he's continuing to restore. And he is so good. And he's using me 
during this season, even from way back when I was crying myself to sleep and still in so much pain and in need of so much healing at that time, he began using me then. He didn't wait because I already knew who my God was back then. I knew who the God of all comfort was and he started using me then and he is using me so much now and for the rest of my life, I want him to use me to minister to people to speak life into people, to let them know that there is a God who heals. There is a God who wants to restore you and make your life incredible. Now, that does not mean that our life is, you know, all rainbows and butterflies and sparkles and whatever. And like, we never go through hard times because we do. Hello. (laughs) Like, yeah, like obviously, but just the peace that you can have and the, and the, the joy that you can have, like, those are things that circumstances do not change and cannot take away from you. And uh, I'm just so thankful. I'm look, literally, I just looked up at my wall and I have this sticker on my wall that says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I love that verse. The rest of it, I don't have it on the wall, but it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And I love that verse so much. I'll end with that. I love that verse because we can't lean on our own understanding. When I was crying myself to sleep that day, I had no idea that eventually I would start a women's ministry with my best friend. Actually, she wasn't even my best friend when we started it. Now she is my best friend, but that I would be able to impact people even through my book and, and one-on-one and stuff that's like behind the scenes that social media doesn't see that I do. And wow, what, (laughs) what an incredible God I serve. And I'm so thankful that he uses every part of our story, that he works all things together for our good. And that he does do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine. I am literally blown away. Like, as I just sit here and even think about what God has done in my life over the last five years, I, it blows my mind and the desires that he's fulfilled in my heart and the things that he's unfolded and the plans that he has in the days ahead for me. Like, wow. (laughs) Wow. God is so good. So I'm going to go ahead and end because I literally could probably talk for five more hours on the goodness of God and how incredible he is and how much he wants to heal you uh, to the very depths of who you are and to bring you out of whatever you're going through and to see you walk in the fullness of all he has for you. We know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came, Jesus came so that we could have abundant life. And that doesn't look like driving in limos and living in mansions. Like it looks like being able to wake up in the morning and actually be glad to be alive. And I can tell you that for a lot of my life, not a lot of my life, like a huge percentage of my life, but I, I have lived in moments, many moments where I, I didn't want to die, but I didn't really want to live either. And now I just have this like love and zeal for life. Like I love people. I love God. I love adventure and I love experiencing things and I love meeting new people and I love all sorts of things. Like I could go on and on, but just that love for life and I don't know, just the things he gives us, the fruit of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, all of the good things God has for us. I am just I'm in awe and I'm thankful for this life that he's given me. So I pray that this encourages you, that you take whatever trials you have gone through, whatever you have experienced, the painful things you've gone through, the the moments where you know what it means to experience the God of all comfort and that you take that 
those experiences and you take that knowledge of who he is and you impact everyone around you with it. So I'm going to go ahead and close out in prayer. I have literally talked for almost a half an hour straight and I feel like I talked fast so that I could get all this out. So you won't have to watch this on, on a quicker speed. So I guess that's good. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and pray. And I just pray that this blesses you, that you again are encouraged, that you're staying encouraged. And I will see you guys next time. Father God, I thank you so much for this episode. God, I thank you that you are the God of all comfort, that you strengthen us in our inner man. God, that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And God, I pray over each and every person who listens to this podcast, Lord, that you would show them areas of your life that you have of their lives that you have set them free from, that you have shown them your mercy, your kindness, your love, your compassion. And God, that they would take that same comfort they have experienced and that they would impact their world, that they would impact their sphere of influence. God, I pray that we would continue to be salt and light in this world. God, that we would let our light so shine before men that they would see our good works and glorify you. God, that is the only reason we're on display at all is to bring glory to you, to point people to the truth of who you are. God, you are faithful. You are good. You are kind. You delight in showing mercy. You are slow to anger. You are full of compassion and love. God, I thank you for intimacy with you. I thank you that we can have relationship with you. God, I thank you that you're faithful. You're forever faithful and you never change. God, I would just speak your blessings over every person that's listening, that you continue to draw their hearts closer to you, that you would fill them with a deep hunger for your word, that you would fill them with a hunger for your presence to know you more. God, I just thank you for, again, who you are and just declare my love for you, God. You are so good in Jesus name. Amen.